Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall, and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And unfortunately, we don't have Steve on the show tonight. And I'll hold my hands up; it's my fault. In the 84th minute of the Cavalry Whitecaps game tonight, I sent Steve out to go outside the Uber Eats offices in Calgary just to check out to see if there was any phone calls coming in. Obviously didn't need to do that, but I forgot to text him to to cancel his assignment, so I think he's still camped out there now. He did send a lovely picture of a burger that he'd ordered though, so at least that is a a positive sign. Oh my... We are here to talk Canadian Championship. There's a lot of Canadian Championship action. We didn't have our our podcast at the weekend. It was just way too busy for me covering League One stuff. We'll touch a little bit in part two on the Whitecaps MLS, their big health and safety protocol outbreak. (laughs) We can't, can't say the C word, I don't think. It's banned in Canada, that word, is it not? Anyway, um, but... We will be talking about that. We'll be looking at how the Canadian Championship played out in part two for the other teams. We'll be looking a little bit at League One BC and hearing from some of the coaches after opening weekend in part three. But in this part, we're kicking things off with a game on Wednesday night in Calgary. The rematch from 2019 as the Whitecaps Redemption Tour continued on. Could they get the job done? They'd already got that CPL monkey off their back by beating Valor in the first round. Now, could they get past that team that embarrassed them in 2019? Spoiler, they did. They were made to work hard for it though, Zach. Very much so. And as uh, Tommy Hooligan Jr. was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Quick to point out, he has uh, yet to lose to an MLS side. Yes, I uh, like that. <laughs> uh, in uh, normal time or in 90 minutes or whatever. This is something I think that is uh, like a, a breath of fresh air, uh, a light near the end of the tunnel for like Whitecaps fans. It's something that I think, I mean, this is what this is what cup football is about, right? Like, yeah. you know, when, you, when you're having a, a, a season that's not going your way, 
you can have some some nights in the cup where you know midweek where you your team performs well or your team gets a result or or you go on a run and i know this competition is doesn't take a lot of games to win but i think for white caps and for the, the for their fans the voyager's cup this year is uh brought a lot of encouragement so when it was in the 84th minute what was the biggest surprise for you zach a that the white caps got that goal and then won on penalties or b that the one soccer stream didn't cut out before the end of the game. <laughs> oh, that was so unfortunate the night before. Yes, we'll talk about that in the next part. <laughs> yes. Sort yourself out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, uh, just in case I my thing had anything to do with it, my Fubo TV, I, I made sure I was on the channel and not on like the individual program because that's what I originally thought happened to my feed. Although I realized it wasn't. No. Um, but um, I wasn't surprised that the, the Whitecaps won the shootout and, they, you know, they came they came back and won. I think there's some, you know, glaring things about, <clears throat> about their goal. I think there's some uh, disturbing things about the format of the tournament, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we've talked about on the show before and I maybe didn't realize at the time or I, I don't know if I, I don't know what I said at the time, but. Um, this format is not the correct format, in my opinion. I mean, it was the format last year as well, because that's what happened with uh, Forge and Montreal, because then it, it went straight right, to penalties yes. and Montreal got through. And I think it felt the same same then. I mean, yeah. I, 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 mean I, I, I would feel the same. Like, no matter who won tonight, no matter who won between Pacific and York, Oh yeah, my feeling's the same. It's I, not I, ideal. I messaged you and Steve right Before, yeah. as soon as soon as as soon as my feed came back on. Well, actually, I saw it on my phone first that there was an equalizer. So uh, as soon as as soon as that happened, and then I, the feed came back on, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going straight to shootouts." I messaged you guys said, "This is ridiculous. Like this yeah. is the format of a preseason tournament. Like this is not your nation's cup where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to make it a little bit shorter because you know fix your congestion or whatever that should not be excuses." for your your nation's cup like it's it is not mls next pro yeah exactly it, it, it is they that this needs to be changed like this is not the way um cup football should happen there should have been extra time on the island there should have been extra time in calgary uh and like both it, games who knows what the outcome really would have I, been because i think on the island, and I, I know we're oh. jumping ahead from the next part, but Pacific were in the ascendancy. You have to feel they would have got the job done. In this one, I honestly don't know how extra time would have played out just yeah, the I think, way that the I, game had gone. I'd agree with you on the island, absolutely. I think I think in um, in the, the Vancouver Cavalry game, I think Vancouver must have been favoured if it had gone extra time still. Probably, but we've seen Cavalry this season in CPL, late in games and stoppage time, they find that extra something and they've been getting goals. And they, I think it would have been a right battle. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I mean, it, extra time though, I mean, let's be honest, in a lot of games, and I, I've seen this in the, in the English playoffs over the years and this mm-hmm. season in particular as well, extra time can be boring and cagey because there's too much on the line. And both teams just want to get to penalties, so neither team really goes for it. So, 
I don't think that would have been the case tonight because I don't think a Tommy Bielden Jr. side, for example, no. can do that. And I'm not sure that a Vanny Sartini's side can do that either. So I think no. it would have been an entertaining 30 minutes that, that we were de- deprived of. But I think I think so too. Like Getting into this one, there were seven changes for the Whitecaps from the, the team that bravely went down 2-1 to, to Charlotte at, at the weekend. I mean, just touching on that game, that was such a battling performance from the Whitecaps on Sunday, and I really felt for them. To take that early lead and then to give up a goal soon after, and then to hold out until some horrendous defending uh, five minutes from time that, that gave Charlotte the winner. It was like a gut punch. Yeah, I mean And then that... they, they came back with a strong performance tonight. Yeah, that winning goal against Charlotte was all kinds of shocking. Like yeah. it, there there's multiple multiple horrendous things in it, but yeah. Uh yeah. I, I was actually I was expecting anchor. I was expecting anchor to start again. Well, the the plan as of yesterday was anchor was starting with Ben Alexander on the bench. But then Isaac Bomer and Cody Cropper both came out of health and safety protocols today. They tested negative. So they put Cropper in and Max has flown back to Vancouver. But because Ben had travelled out, they they kept him on the bench. I know I'm a big fan of Ben Alexander, as I I said on one of the last shows as well. Um, But my understanding is he's looking to go to college. So he can't sign a pro deal or anything, obviously, because he wants to go to college. But I, I think it was the right decision to, to put Cropper in, in goals for this. And I, I liked the lineup. It was a very, very strong lineup. And Vanni Sartini had made it clear when we spoke to him before the season started, even, that the Canadian Championship was a priority. They really wanted to, to win this, get all those ghosts put to bed, but also to, to claim a berth in the, in the Champions League. And you saw from that lineup that that Vanny really wanted to go for it. And in the early going, the Whitecaps were far and away the the better side. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the Whitecaps, the first part of the first half, I think uh, I think Vanny said after the game too, like, yeah, he was proud of the way they played at, 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 in that in that segment of the game. But they they created stuff. There's some good creativity, but they're finishing. Was either oh, yes. poor, they're either finishing was poor, and, and there was some great, you know, cavalry defending. Yeah, I mean, Caicedo had a chance four minutes in, header off the bar. Then mm. Cava had a header that was saved on the line by Marco Carducci, and then eleven minutes of the half to go. Cava, great opportunity in front of goal, scuffs it over the bar. So I think yeah, well, that, that was the three best chances for the Whitecaps. Wait, is that the? Uh, I thought there was also one where Cava shot and it got blocked and went over the goal. That was one one I thought he went with his outside of his left instead I don't of. Know if that was the one he scuffed over, or if I'm thinking of another one, then. But I think you're thinking of a different one because this one definitely got blocked. Mm. But it was like he he maybe could have taken it with his right or could have whatever could have controlled it with his right and then cut back, but. Um, it was it was a great block by by the cavalry defender. I can't remember which, who it was, but and that header that header, yeah, again, just like a little bit to one side, and I think it causes Marco some some problems. Yeah, it, I mean, Whitecaps should have been up by the half, but maybe they should have also been down a man 
that tackle from Michael Baldissimo was a borderline red for me. To be fair, though, he was taken out of a play early as well, and there wasn't even a foul given on that one. So I think the referee had set his stall out early that he had quite a long leash in this game, which I like. But I don't know that it was a waist high tackle. I think if there was VAR, that yeah. might have been a red. I was going to say there's no there's no VAR in CPL, right? No. Yeah, which, so, that, which makes me like the league all, all the more because it's just it's just referee mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and dodgy things happening when no one's watching. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's kind of it gives them. I think yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if there's VAR, there's a uh, there's a, a significant chance that 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 goes differently. Uh, I mean, VAR doesn't always get it right. I mean, oh no. I mean, I, I mean, you, I, I, t- I, Toronto I, fans will will testify to that. No, I, well, I know, but even Toronto, the thing that brings my mind about this most recently is, uh, as aside from the Toronto goal in Vancouver, is Osario, before he got his winner for um, Toronto on the weekend, he got a booking for uh, a yellow that I thought, I think I agreed with Stephen Caldwell for once. I think he was lucky not to get a red, and VAR looked at it and said, no, no, play on, but it was like a his legs straight into the side of a, planted leg and it was like okay that's just a yellow so anyways yeah var doesn't get, always get it right yeah. but but um yeah when you know there's no var uh you you got to take those uh you you know you're going to get some from that but you also might you might lose, <laughs> lose out a little bit as well i i know you were a little bit surprised by some of the cavalry team selection but they, they have had some injuries and stuff but even with that to not have the likes of Davy Norman and that, Ben Fisk starting in this one. It was a little bit of a surprise. David David Norman was the biggest one for me. Ben Fisk has come uh, mostly. Yeah, Fisk has been a bench. kind of bench player. But, but yeah, I thought this was a game made for for David Norman. David Norman going up against Michael Baldissimo in the the middle of the park. Oh yeah, that would have been some some great tackles. I also was a little surprised. I I know I think he's just been. This is kind of like a comeback year for him, but. And I know he got a massive goal, I think, at the weekend. But I was surprised Elijah didn't yeah. maybe get the start either. But I know. I thought they might have ridden that sort of momentum from that that wonderful goal that he did get at the weekend. It was He was so emotional as well after getting mm-hmm. that as well, which was really nice to see. And also Sam Adekugbe was yeah. at the game watching his brother as well and taking all the action in as well. Yeah. Everyone's cool. going back to Alberta this summer. Yeah. To watch sporting events. Yes. <laughs> and then hopefully playing here very soon in sporting events. We'll be coming to that in our extra podcast. Um, so second half, Vanny talked about it in the in the post-game presser. There was actually two post-game pressers. So there was the Canada soccer one, which was an absolute farce and a shambles, where we were all sitting on the Zoom call and none of us got to ask a question. They just took two questions from the room. So then the Whitecaps fantastically put on a, a a Whitecaps media post-game presser as well, which we'll bring you audio from shortly. But I asked Vanny about this, and he did kind of touch on it in, the, in the, the first post-game presser. For whatever reason, for half an hour, the Whitecaps just fell out of the game. And I don't know whether that was cavalry that shut them out, or whether it was just their energy levels just dipped and they just couldn't get anything going. But it was all cavalry. Um, 
Klomp had a shot that was blocked. There was a number of half chances that, that Cavalry had. And then they took the lead in the 72nd minute with, if there's a better goal in this <laughs> tournament, I'll be amazed this year because top-notch finish from a guy. that When I spoke to Tommy Wielden a few weeks ago, I said what a big fan I was of this guy. I mm. think he could have done so much more here in Vancouver. He always impressed me with WFC too, but for whatever reason, they didn't like him to, to come on to the MLS roster. Meyer Bevan, the Kiwi, what a finish. It was a spectacular strike. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Would probably make easy, make the like top 10 goals of like all time in the Voyager's Cup. Yeah. Like, oh, and his falling. celebration as well of covering his eye. If yeah. anyone hadn't seen any of the previous cavalry games, that's what he does. He wasn't mocking Russell Tybert poking himself in the eye with his <laughs> finger. Was okay, was Russell poking himself? I thought was the was the ball hit his finger to his eye or what? But it was still his it was own finger that went yeah, into yeah, his okay. eye. <laughs> but it was from the ball, like the ball smashed him in the face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that was, that was I, th- I thought he lost the contact or something. When, yeah, I was wondering about that as yeah. well, but. Um, but yeah, I no, mean, that just capped off a great spell of pressure from, from Cavalry. It's like, yeah. I don't know what had happened to the Whitecaps. It just totally fell out of the game. Did it make you, it made me think a little bit of, uh, was it uh, the first part of last year where the Whitecaps like almost like didn't play in first halves? Yes. <laughs> it made me think of that a little bit. Yeah. It's just like they thought, ah, oh, well, we, we'll, we'll get this done. We'll just take the foot off the gas a little bit, which I'm sure they didn't. I and I have to give Cavalry some credit. They will obviously have had a big impact on how the Whitecaps played because they just nullified everything. There was no attacking threat in the first half hour of that second half from the Whitecaps. And it took that goal from Maya Bevan to really light a fire under them. And light a fire it did. Ricketts had a header that went wide. There was a scramble. The ball was cleared off the goal line from... Kind of Caicedo shot, Ricketts header, deflection, whatever, took it towards the goal line, it got cleared off. And then Eric Godoy, once again, showing how effective he is in both boxes and why the Whitecaps have to get him healthy to be playing more than just one game a week or whatever. Big equaliser. Can I say something I never thought I ever would say? Yeah. I agree with Wheeler's post-game comments. Oh, we've lost Zach. We've lost Zach on the show. Um, (laughs) I didn't hear his Uh, post-game comments. So I I actually, yeah, I actually had the post-game on. um, And yeah, this is one of those moments. And obviously the Whitecaps have had their own like this, but it's, it's where it's just, it, it, it's so painful that there's no, no man on the post. On a, oh, on a corner kick. yes. That's one of the Wait. things. I, I still go back to that Voyager's Cup final against Montreal where Martin Rennie did not yeah. have anyone on the post. Yeah. Well, actually, it was, a I think, a bit of a miscommunication because someone didn't cover their man, so the man on the post left that, I think, the post to cover someone, I think, is what there happened. There still wasn't a man on the post. I don't care what it there was. There wasn't. There wasn't. We could but... have had two championships by now. <clears throat> totally. Um, but no, it, it, uh, this, this one was like, if there's a man on the post, like if a child was on the post, like, uh, you know, you don't think you don't like to do that though. Are you? No, but a U8 player, you know, but like it was so slow, you know, it like bounced in, like, yeah, it, like 
whatever. It, it, it was. Just... It did take a deflection on the way in as well. Off yeah, yeah, but a cavalry it, player. But but then was this bounce, and it was like yeah, slow mo into the corner, like not slow mo. You know what I mean? It was there was not, it wasn't going in at pace. If you have a man on the post, they clear that off the line, like no problem, like no questions asked. Um. So yeah, I I felt I felt for you know ca- you know cavalry and that the part of the pushback from Oliver Platt on, on the post game was like well even though he, he kind of agreed he said I think the focus is having all those ten outfield players in the box is they're there not on the post because you want them to win the header you know that's sort of the I guess one of the counter arguments yeah I mean it was but, a great delivery and Godoy yes. met it well yes oh yeah and- full credit to Godoy he did what he needed to do. Ball went in the back of the net. The game's tied up. You, you can't ask more. I, I love Eric Godoy. And as I've said, first name on the team sheet when he's healthy. Please stay healthy. It's <laughs> like the, the Whitecaps season genuinely could depend on players staying healthy like Godoy and can they get gold fit and up to the, the gold that we know. Because... Goals had two concussions. He's been on health and safety protocol, and I I got a message from someone saying, "Oh, Gold's just not up to the levels and stuff." And it's like he's not fit. He's still he's, not yeah. up to match fitness. Yeah, he's been in and out of the team. It's gonna still take a few weeks before he can he can get up to to those levels. We're just starting to see Cava now hitting his stride. We spoke in the last show of like, oh, hopefully this will spark Brian White now. And then he goes into health and safety protocol. Yeah. You've got Cody Cropper, who I was saying I, I think's been doing well. He then goes into to health and safety protocol and you're relying on a 17-year-old keeper who, who did fantastic at, yeah. at times against Charlotte, but obviously was shaky as well. And if, if Charlotte had punished some of his other kind of early mistakes they, they could have had that game won early but then he came into his own and he did so well and he's got a bright future ahead of him but the luck or the bad luck that the Whitecaps have had just health wise it is incredible but if oh. the Whitecaps can stay healthy there is a good team in there just waiting to get out yeah you talk about their season if you're the season just this competition alone staying healthy could see them make the final Yes, yeah. staying healthy could see them actually raising the raising yeah. the Voyager's Cup. I'll be team. honest. See if we win this trophy and we don't make the playoffs, I see that as a great season. Well, even Vanny in his post game, maybe he said this other times as well, but his post game was like, "Our number one priority this season is to win this trophy," as closely followed by making them less playoffs. Yeah, we could be playing Seattle in the FIFA Club World Cup if they ever decide to have it. <laughs> <laughs> we could be one of these CONCACAF representatives so game's tied at one apiece we've spoken about the, the no extra time and who knows how that would have gone but it goes to the penalty shootout I'm not going to go through every single penalty a couple I do want to talk about yeah obviously Lucas Cavallini balls of steel that's one of those kind of shots that if it goes wrong he's crucified for it but yeah. he looked so smug. He had a, a nice little smirk on his face as he ran back to the halfway line. I love that confident cover, that swagger cover. Yeah, and that's and that, that obviously takes a, like a heap of confidence. I, to be honest, I kind of wish Marco had just stood there. You know, like oh, I, if he had, he'd have got that. It was oh, exactly, there was exactly. no power in that shot at all. 
because because Kev, this is not the first time Kev has done that on a penalty, and, and so he's kind of known for it. And I yeah I uh, I, I felt for Marco in in the shootout. I was genuinely surprised. I I thought Cavalry had the edge in the shootout because we've seen what Marco Carducci is like in penalty shootouts. Yeah, they said on the broadcast or they said in the post game that he hasn't stopped a, sh- a penalty since 2019. Tw- uh, 2019, oh. I forget what it, I forget what it was. See, I'm I'm just basing this on him in his residency days. Oh, in his residency days, man. Yeah, he was stopping penalties like left, right, and center. Yeah. But his last shootout for Whitecaps that I remember was that unfortunate loss to Toronto. Well, do you know, this was the Whitecaps' first ever penalty shootout win in the MLS era. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. They lost to Toronto in the Canadian Championship, and they lost to Sporting Kansas City in MLS's back. Oh, right, yeah. They had never won a penalty shootout before. The other thing, I can't remember how much we talked about this on the show or if we did, but the other thing about Marco Carducci is just this, I mean, he, he's just overcome this battle with yeah. testicular cancer, which is amazing. Um, I know, and, I'd uh, hoped to chat to him before this game and get him on the show and because we haven't spoken to him for over a year now. And obviously, Marco's always been very generous of his yeah. time. And when the announcement came, we both messaged him and... Yeah, wished him all the very best and stuff. But to come back so quickly from that as well, and be in top form as well, clean sheet in his first game back that he had, and yes. just hope that everything is all clear with him. And he, it just must have been so, just nerve wracking for him, and just, just knocked you for a loop. Totally, yeah. I've heard him talk about the story a little bit, and. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but also encouraging. And he's now, I think, a little bit, you know, wants to be a voice for, you know, men's health. You know, like saying, "Hey, you need to, you need to check yourself out. You need to know yep. what's going on with your body and, uh, and you know, what, whatever." Because I mean, that's literally just what happened to him, right? It just something yeah. was not right, and he got it looked at, you know, re- like quick enough where, you know. They think everything's going to be fine and uh, not going to be uh, not going to be. Uh, it, it looks like you know that nothing is spread and like he's okay and all that. But um, yeah, er- early detection is the yes, key. There, there's a, a comedian that I've liked for years in the UK. Watched him from the nineties called Richard Herring, and same thing happened to him. Just went find a, a lump and a, just a routine check. Went to the doctor. Uh, had to get a, a testicle removed and he's been a, a big spokesperson then for that and he's done some marathons to raise money. He's actually just written a book all about it called Can I Have My Ball Back? Hmm. Which is coming out soon and is already going to be a big bestseller. So it, it needs people like that to raise awareness of it and obviously we wish... Marco, all the the very best, and we will get him on the show at some point soon, just to chat about the season and and stuff like that. One of the other penalties I want to talk about before the the crucial one, Elliot Simmons, for a oh. young kid, yeah. top drawer, top left corner as well. But whoa, what a strike I, that was! I was a little worried for him actually because yeah, I don't know if he saw. looked nervous. He looked nervous, but not even that. He it was like he started to to go, but the ref hadn't blown the whistle. 
So he did one of those, like starting to go and like, but he, you could tell he wanted to take it quickly. Like it was like, I think that was part of his plan. Like, don't like wait, like go and like quick. Um, and so it looked like I thought, oh, this hesitation is just going to mess, mess him up. And it clearly did not. No. That, it was a, a wonderful penalty. That was as good a penalty as you will see. I thought Leo Wusu had missed his with the angle. I thought it had gone wide and then it was just nestling in the net. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. But then Ali Musi, former Whitecaps residency player. We, we've watched him come through the, the ranks here, watched him with foothills, commentated on him in the PDL. He looked to me nervous as he came up to take this and it was a great great save from from Cody Cropper as well and that was the game changer Christian yeah, Gutierrez stepped up buried the yeah. winning penalty there was a few guys uh, more on cavalry than the Whitecaps where I was like oh yeah this this could this could go horribly wrong Moosey was one of them for Cavs um, but I, as soon as as soon as Moosey missed and I saw it was Gutierrez I was like okay it's over I turned to Kirk and I was like yeah this game's over um but um, the the one thing I want to say about Moosey is, I, so I don't know, especially with the the protocol stuff, I don't know how much they were able to like prepare as a team cavalry for which keeper they might face in a shootout. Yeah, me, I but, wanted but, to ask Tommy about that afterwards, but again, no one on the Zoom got picked to ask questions. So yeah, so for me, the one thing, like just from a planning, observing kind of thing. Like my understanding is Cody Cropper is right-footed and I, I think right-handed. And so I, 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 I think he's more comfortable going to his right. And I think you saw with a couple of the, the first two goals, he was beaten both times to his left. And uh, I don't know, those. I, that's just, I haven't observed him a lot in a shooter, obviously. I, I know he's, I think he's done some in the USL or whatever, but if they had studied him i think it might have been smarter to go to that left side to that sorry to that the shooter's right side to his left side um but yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't a great penalty it wasn't the worst penalty in the world um but yeah cropper did did very well to get to get down to it and i want to say as well cody cropper was getting a lot of abuse and stick from the foot soldiers behind the yeah. goal in that second half he took that so well yeah, he played along, laughed, and had a smile on his face, and I love to see that. It's like when, when the fans give stick and the players take it good, and then maybe the players give it back. That's how it should be. Sometimes when the fans give stick and the players give it back, the fans can't take it. Yeah, and that always annoys me because it's like, look, you're giving it out just because the guys reacted funnily back. Don't be dicks about it, but. It was a, a nice little rapport between the, the foot soldiers and him. I, I thought that was good. I love I I Ronnie Pascal back in the day. Who was he again? The Richmond, uh, the Richmond oh, keeper. Oh, I knew the name. I couldn't think who it was. But Whitecaps through 5-3 in penalties. They're through to the semi-finals. We're going to have a semi, Zach. It's felt like a while since I had a semi. But that's a story for another day. Let's hear a little bit now from the second post-game presser that Vanni Sartini had after the win tonight. Just chatting about the win and how he's feeling. How relieved are you with the way that that game played out? You, you seem to 
start really strongly but then kind of fall out of it a little bit in the second half. Is it a, a big feeling of relief to have got through this one? For sure, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, uh, I'm actually very pleased with the performance of the first half. The first half, I think we did very well. We had uh, four or five chances to score. Uh, unfortunately, we we didn't convert our our chances in goal. Marco Carducci made a couple of very good saves and we, we've been also unlucky to hit the bar. I think the first half was good. The problem was the second half. In the second half, we lost our, uh, I would say, quality in the build-up. We were a little bit confused. Uh, we were a little bit frustrated and uh, we weren't creating any problem to them. Then they scored that uh, fantastic goal, to be honest. They scored a fantastic goal and uh, that goal woke us up. So I'm actually relieved by the fact that the goal has been scored like a minute 70 and not a minute 85. So we had chances in order to uh, uh, tie the game. And we had a ball on the line, a, and a, a, couple, a couple of headers, another good save by the keeper, and then Eric scored. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy because uh, besides winning and uh, getting to the semi-final, that is the most important thing. We showed again uh, the resilience of the team and uh, the fact that even in when things weren't, weren't going in the right direction, we really bond to get, bonded together and uh, we took ourselves out of the, of the quicksand, let's say like this. Yeah, that was just the other thing I was going to ask you quickly. This team in the last few games, you've shown that you, you, don't, you don't put your heads down, you fight right to the end. How, how, have, how good has it been for you to install that quality in the team? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, not that I, it's not that I installed the quality in the team. It's like the, the, the guys now they have a different sense of belief. It's, it's given also by the fact that uh, we're playing better. So there's a sense of belief that we, that we, can, do, that we, that we can do a better job. And then uh, the guys now, they're really helping each other. The guys that came on, they were ready to give 100%. So... I'm happy and it makes me confident for the future, both in MLS and, the, and in the Cup. Wondering if there was any particular message you had to the players before the penalty shootout? Well, you know, I said to give the, do their job. We practiced a lot yesterday and, uh, and we scored uh, 16 out of 17 uh, in the practice. And uh, so I was sure that uh, we had a good shooter and uh, I tried to bring a little bit of... Uh, uh, a lot say if we score everything, Cody for sure is gonna save one or two. So uh, don't be don't be scared. Don't uh, just be ready to to do the uh, your job and uh, and and they did. So I'm very happy. Con considering the magnitude of the game, uh, how it unfolded, you know, missing all those chances, going down one nothing to that banger, uh, going to PK. How many years did you age? in this game? <laughs> a lot. I was, uh, uh, I was uh, <laughs> joking that uh, when we were losing, probably I received the notification from Air Canada that I have a flight to Italy to catch. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I, I was, I, I, the last 15 minutes had been, been very, uh, very exciting for fan side, but also very, really, nail-biting for us, also because uh, I felt that uh, we didn't deserve to lose and uh, 
you know, especially after we were losing and we had the big chance, they they cleared the ball in the line. I said, hey, the god of football are, are against us today. And uh, but then I remind myself that I'm an atheist, so we died. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I heard you in in the post game. You mentioned that uh, if this game was played a, a month ago, you guys don't win. You want to just expand yes, on that I, a little bit? I think that uh, if the game uh, a game like today, like we play well in the first half and then we consider the goal and we undeservedly go go down. If it would have happened a month ago, when the team wasn't in a in a good place mentally, we wouldn't have the strength to to be, uh, I would say, to 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 get to get back and tie. Uh, you, we we showed everyone in the last uh, five six games that uh, we never we we never give up. We never give up, and because now with as much more belief, there's much more trust in what we do. And the players, uh, they see themselves that uh, even when things are not going well, uh, we can get back. So I, I think that uh, again, uh, if this, uh, it's a proof that uh, things are going in the right direction, and uh, it, it's a boost of confidence not only for the cup. That now we are we are a game away from the final, and uh, but also for for the for the league in MLS. Congrats on the win. Now, uh, like you mentioned, you go to the semifinals, you host York with the chance to, to, to host a potential final if you win. I mean, what are your, your thoughts on how it's lined up for you guys now in that, that semifinal here? Well, you know, we are happy because we're playing home. Uh, I think any, any team in the semifinal, if you want to win the cup, we need to beat uh, either Montreal or Toronto. So uh, if we have to beat the... It's not that... Uh, I don't consider myself lucky because we're going to play a semifinal against the CPL team. I consider myself lucky because we played the semifinal at BC Place. And uh, because we know that at BC Place, we are a team that it's really, really, really hard uh, to beat. And uh, we will go with our full guns and uh, trying to, uh, to, to be, uh, I would say, the best version of ourselves. Vanni Sartini there, relieved, excited, delighted, every word that you can think of to, to sum up that that win. And the Whitecaps now will be hosting York United in the semi-finals June 21st or 22nd, I believe it's going to be, at BC Place. That should be good. We'll talk a little bit about how York got there in the next part, but the there's no better chance for the Whitecaps to get back to a Canadian Championship final than this sack. I spoke about it. I was confident. I know it was going to be tough. And we know how the Whitecaps had done against CPL sides, but this draw was made for them. Yeah, and it, it gets better uh, having to play York as opposed yes. to the Pacific. Although it does spoil my whole Redemption Tour yeah. theme that I had going. Uh, again, on the on the one soccer broadcast, I can't remember which one of them, but said, "Oh, it's the Nash Derby," which I hope no one calls it that. <laughs> well, yeah, Martin Nash coming back. It'll be interesting. I, I guess there will be a lot of build up between him and Steve. Maybe going into that's one way to help sell tickets. Which for these games, the Whitecaps certainly need to get some fans excited about this, and it's a semi final. If you can't get excited about having a semi, it's like, when are you going to get excited? So, how did York get there? Well, we will chat about that and the other 
Canadian Championship quarterfinals after this. Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of May. Three-piece band from Chicago, Illinois. That was their single, Billy. Taken from their debut album, Versions of Modern Performance. That's going to be coming out on June 3rd. Make sure you get that ordered. Great band, looking forward to to hearing more from them, looking forward to seeing them next month. And we've got one more song to come from them in this episode. But for this part, we're going to be turning our attentions now to the rest of the Canadian Championship quarterfinals. Exciting entertainment. I I know today's Montreal Forge game was maybe the biggest disappointment for me from, from the four. I didn't quite see that one going the way it went, but overall... Some very exciting and close matches. Yeah, I think they were all uh, intriguing in their own way. Um, this quarterfinal round, I think uh, Bobby Smirnotis shares your frustration at the uh, the outcome of <laughs> of the Forge match versus Montreal. But um, yeah, that 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 was not the Forge that that we used to seeing. I mean, let, let's talk about that one first. Then it was a three 0 win. For Montreal, and from start to finish, they had the Berlin's happy. It's a, an Ibrahim hat trick, and I don't know. Fours just—it looked a big gulf between the teams, and I wasn't expecting that. Of all the four quarterfinals, this was the one that I thought would be really close and could have an upset. Well, yeah, because yeah, the the tie last year, the shootout victory for Montreal last year, made you made you believe it, you know could there could be a repeat of of a close match, and this but, one. But Forge haven't looked to Forge of old this season, which is surprising yeah. considering the big additions that they've made as well. Yeah, except for you can't underestimate their you know their Concacaf run. We we talk about yeah. MLS teams all the time, and you can't. Yeah, I think that is. You know, plagued them, if you will. Yeah, and they have had slow starts before, and in previous years, this game has come later in the season. So maybe if this was played in August or September, then they would have found a footing. Of course, they do have the twenty twenty final coming up soon, so they they can at least win that. True. Hmm. 
Anyway, <laughs> Tuesday night's games. Halifax 1, TFC 2. I really thought Halifax were going to pull the shock here. Goalless first half. Michael Bradley put TFC ahead in the 55th minute. Sam Salter, lovely goal in the 69th minute. The, I think the keeper probably didn't have a good sight of that as it came through. And Halifax, after that, had a couple of chances to, to yeah. go ahead as well. And, oh, it's like those fine margins that we talk about. And in the end, I thought it was going to penalties, but up stepped Osorio. Bit of a scrambled goal, 86th minute. TFC squeeze over the line. Yeah, that... I think Bob Bradley knew too much about that goal, <laughs> the first goal. Uh, and you're right. Uh, the equalizer from Halifax was the keeper had to have been partially unsighted. Um, I mean, the, 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 you know, what happened on the field aside, it, the, the Wanderers ground is a great place. Like, I cannot wait for when I oh, get to go yeah. visit. I, I was meant to go there in in 2019. I think I've told the story in the show before, but then my wife wasn't well, so we cancelled our... yeah our flights and I had two games I was going to take in on that trip and oh, I can't wait to get there and take a game in there. Yeah. They, they are the, uh, not on the field, obviously, but off the field, I think they are the envy of uh, most CPL clubs for how the culture uh, of their supporters and at the stadium has developed and grown. And um, yeah, it it's really, it's really encouraging. I've gotten to talk to, uh, you know, hung out with James Covey a little bit from, from the privateers and uh, just lots of, lots of encouraging things happening there. And this was another game where you're just like, Oh man, like, look how up for, and again, no excuse that it was a midweek. I don't know what the actual attendance was, but you, it just felt like the ground was full or fullish. And like, it was, it was rocking. And oh, it was. Yeah. And the, the the thing is, you look at that and you think, I hope that's what we're going to have here in Langley. Uh, similar kind yeah. of stadium, similar kind of atmosphere, but it's also sustaining it and getting the fans in week in, week out. And Halifax, to their credit, have been good at that. Some of the other teams, the attendances in CPL this year, have been somewhat lacking for some of the matches. Yeah. But Halifax have certainly been able to, to draw good attendances for most of their games so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what the the CPL side and, and the lower mainland here need. Like, it, it needs to be that and ideally more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the stadium won't look the same, I'm pretty sure, because that's quite a unique setup they have yes. there. But, um, yeah, it, it uh, like I said, I think it... In, hopefully encourages inspires frustrates all at the same time uh, other other cpl uh fan bases and i think it'll, that'll be the same uh for, for the lower mainland team so that now sets up a semi-final toronto are hosting montreal shocking that mm. no date announced for that one yet but you've got to feel on current form montreal's got to be the favorites mm-hmm yeah, I think you said Ibrahim got the hat trick, right? But how many, did did Kai get just the one assist? Uh, I don't know. Kai set up one where there's like the open yeah. net tapping tapping goal. So yeah, that sets up one semi final, and the other semi final, the White Caps are going to be hosting York United. 
That was quite the game at Starlight Stadium on Tuesday night. I toyed with going over for it, but again, it's just the costs of everything. Just disappointed it kind of didn't go over in the end because the atmosphere when we were there for that Whitecats game last year was one of the best ever. And the place was rocking when Didage got that 97th minute equaliser. Yeah, the... I believe. (laughs) Well, it was pretty empty. It was still rocking with the fans that were there. Give them credit. Right, right, right. But right, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great crowd, but I understand again it's midweek and it's York. You've just played them. It's not it's not a sexy game. Yeah. And for a lot of people the Canadian Championship still res- really isn't in their psyche as a big, big thing. Yeah. I guess to use your vernacular, we need to teach the Canadian public that the Voyagers Cup matches are sexy in and of themselves. Yes. Cup yeah. football is still quite a, an alien concept to people. You know, people that watch the English game know about the FA Cup and whether they need to kind of market it like something like that, I don't know, just to get some of the Anglophiles kind of clued in that, oh, it's like that, is it? Because genuinely, oh. I think if you ask some of the fan base, they'll be like, oh, it's just it's the Canada Cup. It, mm, so what? No, never. Mm. But this game... Amir Didic put Pacific oh, yeah. in the lead in the 11th minute and you think, okay, they're they're pretty much going to go on and, and win this now. It was nil-nil in their meeting at the weekend. Is that what they thought? Possibly, you know, because they didn't go for the jugular, no. I felt. And they let York come back into it. And full credit to York because they just raised their game. Roger Thompson tied it up in the 25th minute and then young Dero who yeah. is having an amazing debut CPL season. I think I He's like him better than bright... his, I think I like him better better than his dad. Yeah. He has a bright future ahead of him. He looks very very good. Another goal from him. 31st minute put York into a shock 2-1 lead. And for me the second half was pretty much a bit of a non-event. York did well killing it off. Wasn't the most exciting second half. For whatever reason, Pacific just could not get their attack going. And they looked it looked done and dusted. It looked like that, that the game was going to be over. One soccer clearly thought that. <laughs> Decided to show this us. Was, this was shock. This to, to me was after the after the not being extra time. This is the most shocking and disappointing thing of the of the round. Yes. I mean I I just can't believe the that Nigerian woman got Pacific back into the game. Though. <laughs> she came from nowhere. I didn't even see her on the subs bench. Uh, what was that again? Top 10 goals of it the month? It was goals or? of the month. Yeah. Was, was I mean, you, you could there. argue that Didich's 97th minute equaliser could be classed as a goal of the month. Yeah, we needed to but talk if it didn't happen? This. Yeah. We didn't, if, if no one saw it, If no one happen. saw it, did it happen? Um. Yeah. This is, I think, Pacific, ben- uh, once again, benefited uh, from there not being VAR. I think mm-hmm. if there's VAR, I think D- uh, Diaz, the center forward, is... Uh, he's in front of the keeper. Yeah, I think he's called, quote-unquote, like actively offside because he's partially obstructing or fully obstructing uh, the view of the of the keeper, which I think delays his response. Um, See, for me, it, it's a borderline one. If I'm York, I'm like, yeah. If I'm Pacific, I'm like, no, he wasn't blocking him. 
I don't know whether that would have then been deemed clear and obvious to overturn it. So here's the thing. I hear those perspectives, but for me, it's, is the player in an offside position? Yes. Does he obstruct the keeper's line of sight at all? I think he does. So therefore, for me, it's clear and obvious that it was offside. I mean... My, my no, I haven't seen it from is, every angle. I yeah. haven't seen the, you know, my personal Steve feeling is, yeah, Steve, I think goals like that should be called offside. I know Steve and I sometimes tend to d- disagree on clear and obvious. Yeah. But I, oh, I it's think, okay. He's just sent a message. He's on his onion rings now, so he, he's still oh, camped out yeah. there. I probably should reply to him at some point. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah. And now, I, this is after the fact. Like, I didn't re- see, realize this in the moment. This was looking at replays of it later. And, I, again, I have not seen every replay by any means. But um, I, I think I haven't seen the goal, so it's okay. Yeah, I think Pacific was fortunate in one re- in one respect. However, the, more so than in the uh, Vancouver Cavalry match, I, I, f- I felt like this game had it gone like a proper uh, cup match or gone to extra time. I think there would have been a winner before yeah. shootout, and that undoubtedly would have been Pacific. Yeah, I think so too. It's that that they were just so much in the ascendancy there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the shootout, it, it was disappointing from a Pacific point of view, especially how it ended, mm. because as we were talking about, Marco telegraphed that. Yeah, well, Diaz's penalty was horrible too. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, let's not and, put it all on, on that. Yeah. I mean, what, just in general, I tweeted this out, but like what an emotional roller coaster this game was. Because Pacific lead, York come back, York think they've won it last ditch equaliser to take it to penalties and you're thinking oh it's swung to Pacific's favour then Nico Giantsopoulos who I've got to say I'm loving more and more as a character there was one moment in the second half when he was kind of just giving these kind of really funny eyes to the camera as if he knew the camera was on him from wherever he just He's one of those characteristic Bruce Grobelar style goalkeepers mm. to me. And I, I'd love the Whitecaps to sign him at some point if they want to add any keepers. It's like we've already... It makes me wonder, we'd heard pre-season the Whitecaps were interested in a CPL keeper. And mm. I immediately thought, oh, Marco Carducci, Callum Irvin, bring them back into the fold. The fact that they went to Nico for the Charlotte game, maybe Nico was the guy that they'd been looking at all along. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. But he's he's a great character, and he had a couple of big saves in that yeah. shootout. The, 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 I just want to say one thing, and I I love Marco Marco Bustos. Uh, you know, a message with him after ma- after the match. Um, but uh, yeah, I I hope I hope that he doesn't get. I hope this isn't a you know getting stuck in a rut or hurt his form yeah. or have him underperform after this, whatever. But. Uh, for someone who's taken so many penalties, I think the, the that short of a run-up, I don't think is good. Um, and then I think his body language made it easy for Nick to read. And so um, I just, yeah, I feel I, I got it for him, got it for Pacific. And um, yeah, I, I mean, happy for Martin Nash. <laughs> but, um, yes. And, yeah. I mean, that is certainly one of the storylines going into the, the semi-final now, as is the actual uh, Nico Giantsopoulos storyline, because it's like Yusef 
has clearly had a chance to look and work with Nico. So it's like, did he learn stuff about him? Or did Nico learn stuff about the Whitecaps' attacks and players? Who was healthy and able to, to have some some training with him, at least. So that's an interesting little wrangle, which we'll, we'll speak to, to Vanny and to, to Martin Nash about as well. And hopefully get a chat with, with Nico as well about his whole experience. But what a couple of days that was for him. So bizarre. You're in Pacific or Langford on the Friday night. Then you're flying to Charlotte. He didn't even have his passport with him. So somebody had to fly his passport out to him. They brought oh, it from no. York to the island. Then he flies to Charlotte, but he's on the bench for it. And then he flies back to, to play in this game. Now, I did see a lot of fans, especially CPL fans, saying, why, why would you start a 17-year-old academy keeper and not him? Why would you fly him all that way just to have him sitting on the bench? I personally think that was the right decision just because Max is part of the team and they've given him the contract now. If they hadn't maybe signed him to that pre-contract and given him the MLS 2 deal and everything like that, I would maybe have started Nico, but he's the guy that they're looking as a future Whitecaps keeper. So I think it was right that he got the start and we'll, we'll never know now whether it would have made a difference of who had been in goal. But what's your thought on that? Who would you have started in Charlotte? Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with the decision that they made. Uh, I like I like that the younger uh, player got the nod in this case. And yeah, also not just uh, that, but a, the player that is long, you know, for a long time been a part of, the, you know, the organization. So I, I'm, I'm fine with it. And I think, I mean, other than maybe needing like a Nick Dasovich style headband, uh, I think, you know, he did, he acquitted himself quite well. Or was yeah. he wearing one and I just couldn't tell? I just he has, felt, he's got a lot of hair. Yeah, I was just like, I like the dude. I'm worried that like, his hair is going to distract him, or like, you know, um, he's not going to be able to see properly or something. Um, also, what, what was? Was there any any um, reason behind um, Flo Youngworth taking all the goal kicks? Yes, is, um, Max just passed a fitness test that morning because he was coming off a quad injury. Oh, okay. That okay. I feel better about that. But that said, I'd miss that. It, okay. That was the only thing that made me question: Why are you starting a seventeen-year-old keeper With that's never played a match like this in front of thirty-two thousand fans that's just coming off a quad injury and can't take goal kicks in that heat? So all those things, yeah, it's like. Mm, but well done for Max. Still in the first half, he he did well. Couple of shaky moments. That's only to be expected. And with that white cat's defence in front of him, it could have been a lot of shaky moments. And the the goal that they gave up was horrendous. And the more you watch it back, there's just so many things that you that you can find wrong with it. One one of my big burning questions is why was Ryan Raposo there as like a, a right back in a back three at that point and stuff <laughs> like that. But it, it's now the White Cats v York. They should get through that and get to the final. And as you said in the last part, Zach, these are the kind of runs in the games that can maybe spark uh, something for, for the rest of the season. This is their first win, albeit on penalties, on the road all year. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So it there's is. that aspect of it. 
And obviously we know how good they are at home. So this Saturday, they're heading to take on Sport in Kansas City. He's been in a bit of a horrible run of form themselves. They went down to a 7-2 hammering on May 14th in Portland. But since then, they've come away with a 2-1 win against Colorado. And I finally got to watch all the sending-offs in that one that we talked about in the last show. Crazy, crazy stuff. Then they drew one all in San Jose on Sunday. And then tonight, in the US Open Cup, they got past Houston Dynamo 2-1. So maybe they've turned a corner as well. And Kansas City's never been the happiest hunting ground for the Whitecaps. That's going to be a tough one, uh, I think, for for the Caps at the weekend. It's a 6 o'clock Pacific time kickoff. What What do you do for this one? Because you don't know... You've got to think everyone's going to be out of health and safety protocol by then. Do you do you mix it up again? Do you go really full strength, or do you give some of the guys that play tonight a rest? That's a good question. I think the away thing. I think he might uh, rest a few people because the, the following week they've got Real Salt Lake at home, so it's a huge yeah. one. And yeah, that's like that's like a must break. win. Yeah, that's a must win, but also. Johnny and his pals are still not in not not in a great form, right? No, but they're starting to turn that corner. The blue hell or the cauldron or whatever is, yeah, they do. Yeah, and as I've said, that's a stadium I like. Talk about Halifax. That's a stadium I've got to see a game in at some point because it just looks fantastic. I just love the atmosphere. I love how close to the pitch they are. You just can't go where Johnny's playing, right? No, not not until he leaves and that restraining order is (laughs) cancelled. Oh, I should have reached out to him for a chat before for the game, but I guess they were playing tonight. Maybe I'll try and get a chat with him over the next couple of days. I think I'm allowed to do it by telephone. Yeah, by Zoom. It's, yeah, know. well, not by Zoom because of that last unfortunate incident <laughs> and the wardrobe malfunction <laughs> that I had at my end. I thought my camera was off. That's all I'm going to say. Is that the one where you're wearing like no, no shirt or a robe? I was wearing a top. Oh. Anyway, predictions for Saturday? Man, it's Mine's hard. Mine's a horrible game to watch. It's 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 hard to go against Vancouver because of kind of this run they've been on. But I think because of the road. What have thing, you done with the real Zach? No, no, I, I'm. I mean, I think you've got to give them some grace on the whole Charlotte thing. Um, but oh, absolutely. I I think they put in a. a brave performance in that and i think the i think the result in the voyager's cup will inspire them i mean i i, I kind of see it as like a 2-1 a 2-1 to kansas city but i wouldn't be surprised if it was like a 2-2 see i was thinking 2-1 but i wouldn't be surprised if it was 1-1 so oh, there you go. we're on the same page so yeah steve, that's steve steve just texted me he says 3-0 vancouver and he's on his fries now. <laughs> Dessert. Oh, oh, lucky him. He's got a Sunday from Dairy Queen. <laughs> or is it a blizzard? Yes, blizzard. He's in Calgary. It's got to be a blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah. Anyway, that is it for our chat about the Canadian Championship. It's not it for this show. We've still got League One BC to talk about. And we'll be back with that after this. 
Hi, I'm Mike Dean. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it might be the last song we play this month from our Artist of the Month, Horse Girl, out of Chicago, Illinois. I think we'll probably have a, a weekend show, so we can probably squeeze one more song in. But just in case we don't, we've done a, a double feature from them in this episode. That is their latest single, just released eight days ago. It's called Dirtbag Transformation, Still Dirty. Taken from their debut album, Versions of Modern Performance, that's getting released on Matador Records on June 3rd. And as I've mentioned before, if you've enjoyed them in our shows this last few weeks, you can get out and see them for yourselves. They're playing at the Wise Hall in Vancouver on July 15th. So in this last part of this episode, we're going to turn our attentions now to League 1 BC. The new league kicked off on Sunday. Three games on the men's side, three games on the women's side, kicking off the inaugural opening weekend. Some fantastic action in all of those games. Lots of goals, lots of talking points, a couple of sending-offs, some absolutely fantastic goals as well. Vancouver Whitecaps ladies team. And Victoria Highlanders had the pleasure of kicking off the very first match ever played in the league up at Kenwood's Field at UBC on Sunday afternoon. Whitecaps ran out 5-1 winners in that one. Rivers FC beat Altitude FC out in Kamloops 2-0. And in a really close game at Swanguard, it was 2-1 for Unity FC over TSS Rovers. On the men's side... Victoria Highlanders went two up in the first half uh, against the Whitecaps at Kenwoods. Whitecaps, though, came storming back in the second half. It was a proverbial game of two halves, this one. Brought it back to two all. Went down to ten men for the last 13 minutes of the match. And I've got to say, the last ten minutes of this one, it was just end-to-end action. Commentating on it was just breathtaking stuff you could really hardly catch your your breath that action was thick and fast finished 2-2 though teams sharing the points in this one as in fact they did in all the matches on the men's side on opening weekend altitude fc took a 45th minute lead away to rivers fc looked like they were going to be coming away with all three points as well but a stoppage time penalty from rivers who were down to 10 men by that point as well, saw them grabbing a point in a one all draw. And that was the same scoreline as well at Swan Guard Stadium, as Unity FC 
took a 40-second minute lead with an absolutely stunning free kick from Sidric Vukaj. A momentous moment, the first goal in team history, and the referee didn't like his celebrations, giving him a straight red card, leaving Unity to see out the remaining 48 minutes of this one with a man reduced. TSS had the better of this game in the early going, gave away that sloppy set-piece goal, but fought back well in the second half. Devin O'Hay equalised for TSS Rovers and they pushed hard to get the winner, but unfortunately they just could not get the breakthrough in that one. So one all draw in that. All three matches finishing with a draw. Just kind of showing how close I think the men's division is going to be in League 1 BC this year. Varsity FC, they had a bye in both the men and the women's side. They kick off their campaign on Thursday evening out in Langley, taking on Unity FC. For me, they still are the the team to beat in this league. So we'll see how they get their campaign off and running in this one. But I want to bring you a little bit of audio now. First of all, we're going to hear from Whitecaps under-19 head coach Rich Fagan as he talks to us about his side's comeback performance against the Highlanders and just what this league means to these young guys coming through the Whitecaps Academy. So, thoughts on that one? It was a storming second half performance. Do, do you ha- Are you happy with the point or do you feel you could have, if you'd stayed on to 11 v 11, got the three? I think with 11, um, we probably had momentum to go on and get more. Um, but then we have to change things when we go down a man, which, to be fair to the boys, I thought they did a really good job of quickly organising, adjusting, and then they even created a few chances down a man, but... Had we not had Joven sent off when he was sent off, I felt like we had good momentum and we probably could have got more than a point. The start of the game, I don't want to say it was flat by you guys, but did, did they catch it out a little bit with how much they were attacking? I think we had some nerves. Obviously, they're they're young. They're, yeah. they're 18. There's maybe one 19-year-old in that group, um, a 21-year-old. So they're a young, a young team. I feel like it was just nerves. But yeah, I would agree that it was flat. Um, and we spoke about it at halftime, and I feel like, to their credit, they came out in the second half with a lot more energy, a lot more purpose, um, more intensity, and uh, that was a big part of why we were able to pull back the two goals. Never got a chance to speak to you before the season started, so what does this league mean to this group of players and the development? Because I know you've been involved with the club for so long, you dropped down a bit because you like the younger guys and the development, so you've been with these guys for so long. What is this going to mean to this group of players? just provides an extra layer of development opportunity. So all the guys, they would tell you right now that they could play in the, the next pro team. And they're close. But I feel like this will just give them better competition, more competition, and then better prepare them to take the step next year, hopefully. Great. Cheers. Good luck with everything. Rich Fagan there, just talking about the Whitecaps under-19 team. And a lot of great talent in that team coming through. And as Rich said there, a lot of these guys feel that they've got what it takes to be playing at the next level, MLS Next Pro with WFC2. And there were some hard decisions that the team had to make this year as to exactly what players did make that jump to WFC2 for this season. What ones are going to be held back for another year in the 19s to hopefully make that jump next year. Of course, there is the, the... possibility to to move the guys up if someone has an outstanding start to this League One BC season or even the full season as well because MLS Next Pro will still be going then they can 
sign them to an MLS Next Pro deal and add them to that roster if they want. So it's a great opportunity for a lot of these guys to showcase their talents, to show the club what they've got, that they do deserve this shot at the next level. And from that opening game, there was a lot of guys that really stood out. For me, in the second half, Tomas Pena, he ran the show for, for the Whitecaps. He, he got the first goal, he got an assist in the second, and he was really pulling the strings. So he, he looks great as well. And the, the halftime subs that Rich Fagan made really kind of invigorated that team as well. They're actually missing their top scorer from the Fraser Valley season that the 19s played in this past winter season, Chris Album. He is hopefully going to be back with the team sooner rather than later, but missing just now with injury. So I'm interesting to see how the, the Whitecaps do. I still feel they're going to be there or thereabouts, the top two and, and get into the championship game. But I was very impressed with the Highlanders in, in that match. Their first half performance in particular, the, the play, the passing play that they had, their attacking play, their pinpoint crosses and accuracy with, with their ball deep into the box was very impressive to see. Steve Simonson has really started to, to build a good team there. And a lot of those guys are from the UNBC Timberwolves. And speaking to, to Steve at halftime of, of the game, he says, watch that team go in U Sports next year. They're going to be a much stronger team than they were this year. So both those teams are going to be interesting to, to watch. And and I think we'll probably not get a, a proper idea of which teams are going to be the real contenders for those top two spots probably till the end of June as the, the teams kind of get some chemistry and gel and find their footing. But I think you have to expect that both Unity and TSS Rovers are also going to be there or thereabouts. Great crowd out at Swan Guard for the home opener on Sunday, around 700 people, which was also the same crowd that I think Rivers FC got out in Kamloops by all reports as well. So great to see those teams getting the support out for their early games. TSS Rovers certainly looked impressive attacking-wise in that first game against Unity, and they're going to feel a little bit hard done by that they didn't come away with all three points. Caught up with head coach Will Cromack after the match just to ask him about the game and what he can expect from that next match out at Rivers this coming Sunday. So, first game... In the books, how did that one play out for you? Went behind at half-time, but a good sitting-half fight back? Yeah, I mean, this is a set-piece in transition league, right? Just like the USL. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, I mean, really, I thought we had it under control. Probably could have uh, taken advantage of our chances in the first 20 minutes where we had complete control. Uh, gave away a silly, unnecessary free kick. To be fair, lad did it really good job what a wonderful free kick that was um you know and and i i'll be honest with you i, I don't think that's a red card um not that it ruined the game or made the game certainly didn't make their life any easier and then we kind of had to try and break down a block and um you know i think that's probably something you've talked about before when you're not gelled and you don't have all the the ways to figure out how you can break it down you have to rely on individual uh brilliance and we got the goal so we, we get a point, um, probably wanted more out of that when they go down to 10. Uh, with that said, you know, we, we didn't lose, so we've started out uh, decently. From the second half, it seemed to be that you had a lot of cohesion, you were moving the ball around yep. well. What was the message to them at halftime? 
Well, really, I mean, you're not going to go in there anymore, I don't think, and start throwing, you know, containers at the wall. Uh, a little bit of understanding as far as our defensive organization will create attacking organization and vice versa. Um, so really had to get our midfield a little bit more organized. And really what it came down to is, I mean, we have some pretty dynamic attacking type players. So trying to get wide overloads, especially when they're down to a, a, a you know, one man less. So uh, that was the message. You know, play soccer. Like, relax. Get on the get on the floor and don't worry. They're going to play a mid-block right now. Totally fair. Um, try to get that ball out wide and, and double down on them. And it seemed to work. Uh, it certainly worked more and more as we as we went forward. Uh, and I was happy to get almost all the guys in. A couple, oddly, with, you know, two uh, concussions, if you will, uh, together. Uh, Kyle Jones with uh, multiple stitches and then... Uh, Vega's got a goose egg. I don't know if it's a concussion, but uh, it most definitely was both our guys hitting each other, so we had to make some subs on the fly there and it took about five minutes to get reorganized. But well, it, What are you expecting then for the league game? Uh, I mean, th- this league is going to be, you know, 1-0, 2-1, 3-2s. Like, th- this is going to be extremely tight because, you know, even even this team, they add, they add a couple pieces and it wrecks kind of cohesion that they might have from... Uh, you know, their university moments. Um, so, really, you're going to be looking at having to battle every single moment. I said to the guys, you know, to get to a World Cup, we use 44 players. Don't think that we're going to use 11. You know, so everybody's going to be needed. Everybody's going to have to be playing their parts um, and show themselves off. You know, to be fair, I thought a couple of the guys that came on that I didn't expect to play uh, today did exceptionally well. So... You know, uh, I'm 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 learning as well, but I expect that uh, John and um, at River is going to have his guys really well organized. He's added a few pieces. Um, certainly, they're never an easy out when it comes to U Sports as well. TSS head coach Will Cromack there, and I think this TSS team is definitely going to just get better and better as the chemistry builds and they they find the the best kind of partnerships and who's going to work best with who and as Will talked about there you're going to see a lot of these guys getting minutes over the season it's a short season the games come thick and fast they've learned from USL League 2 that the teams that have done well in those leagues the teams with the bigger squads and TSS certainly have one of the bigger squads in the league their next match is going to be this coming Sunday as I said at Rivers FC in Kamloops it's Unity FC taking on Varsity FC up at Trinity Western on Thursday evening. The women kick off at 6 o'clock in that one, the men at 8. Two games on the Sunday, that Rivers TSS game, with the men kicking off at 2 and the women at 4.30. And then at Kinsman Field, get out to this one if you're in the area. Altitude FC, a club that has done fantastic stuff so far in the build-up to this inaugural season. They take on the Whitecaps, the women kick off at 1 o'clock. The men kick off at 3.30. Myself and Gideon will have the call on Home Team Live. Hopefully you'll be able to hear us in sync this week because there were some audio issues with the the Home Team app for the the opening weekend. Fingers crossed that these will all be sorted out for the, the coming games this weekend. But if you're in the North Shore, get along to Kinsman Park in North Vancouver. Altitude FC... They've done so well in building this club. They really deserve your support. There's going to be a beer garden. There's going to be food trucks. Possibly even a pizza oven. 
That's not been confirmed to try to make that happen, but how can you turn down pizza and beer at a football match? It's just made for that. It's been a great start to the league. Very excited to be a part of it from a commentating point of view. Hope you've been enjoying our coverage on AFTN. We've got a lot more to come over the the next few days in the build-up to Altitude's home openers and also in the weeks to come as well. And if this first weekend was anything to go by, it was a great showcase for the league, for what this league can be and can mean to these local players. And everyone I spoke to that was out at the games had a fantastic time. So get out and support your local team and help this league grow. But that is pretty much it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. But of course, we can't go without bringing you this week's wavelength. And Football Violence Awareness Month is continuing here in the month of May at AFTN. We're going back to 1996 for this episode. English punk band The Oppressed, a band we've featured on the show numerous times over the years. This is a song taken from their album Music for Hooligans. And this is Hooligans. The Oppressed, 
and hooligans. Kind of feels very fitting, I think, that we had Football Violence Awareness Month in May, looking at everything that's been going on in the English playoffs and, and all the pitch invasions and the stuff that's gone with that. So that is it now for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show. Just before we go though, Zach, let everyone know where they can find you online. Any final thoughts or anything that you've learned this week? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Zachary AM, uh, occasionally uh, tweeting there. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I learned this week. I enjoyed the end to the club football season, uh, particularly in Germany. It was mostly exciting with a few disappointments. Um, also, more important uh, for the moment is uh, the fact that Canada is coming back to play a BC place, uh, which obviously people continue to squabble about uh, online, which, again, if we could only harness that energy, oh, it's yes. positive. But regardless of how much uh, online uh, squabbling you've participated in, I just really encourage everyone to get out uh, to those games uh, and to support uh to support the the team, celebrate the World Cup qualification for the the good of the the players, the team, and just yeah to lift them and encourage them as the uh, the road to the World Cup continues. Well, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers AFTN.ca. You'll find all our Whitecaps, Canadian Championship and League One BC stuff on the site there. Give us a like, subscribe, turn on notifications on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Canada. And if you're not a subscriber to the Extra Podcasts, you should, because there's going to be a good one coming up about these Canadian games. $3 a month, $30 a year. Be a subscriber. Join the gang. And the thing that I learned this week that I got really excited about is CONCACAF could have a new member come 2023 because Greenland might be applying to become members of CONCACAF. I saw you tweet about that. You're excited. I'm very... I've fancied going to Greenland for a while. Obviously, I've flown over it a lot coming back from, from Scotland, and it's... What, what a trip. Vancouver to Greenland to Iceland to the Faroes to Scotland. That's a Can, dream trip. What, what, what would we call their, like, their national team? What would the nickname be? Like the Reindeers or the... Always for the stereotypes. <laughs> the snowmen. The snowmen, there you go. Don't eat green snow. <laughs> but that is it for this show. We will be back soon. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Hug your loved ones. And mourn the caps. <laughs> Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E. F.